A conservative motion to recognize December as Christian Heritage Month was shut down in the House of Commons. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith called Trudeau's Environment Minister Stephen Guibault a national embarrassment after his visit to the COP28. Statistics Canada excludes assisted suicide from its death totals, despite it being the sixth highest cause. Hello Canada, it's Friday, December 15th and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm William Macbeth. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A motion to recognize the month of December as Christian Heritage Month was shut down in the House of Commons on Wednesday. Conservative MP Marilyn Glagju, who represents Sarnia Lambden, introduced Bill C-369, the Christian Heritage Month Act, to the House of Commons last week. This week, Glagju attempted to mark the month with a motion. NDP MP Charlie Angus, who represents the Northern Ontario riding of Timmins-James Bay, opposed. Gladue's initial bill was introduced in response to a recent paper published by the Canadian Human Rights Commission that alleged that statutory holidays recognizing Christian religious dates are discriminatory. Gladue noted Canadians who identify as Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, and Jews already have heritage months devoted to their various religions. According to the 2021 census, 53.3% of Canadians identify as Christian, which is a big drop from the 77.1% who identified as Christian in the 2001 census. So Noah, it's long been argued that Christianity as the largest religion in Canada doesn't require the same special protections or considerations as other religions. However, with Canada's religious makeup changing and Christianity declining, do you think we've reached a turning point in how the view of Christianity has changed in Canada? I think we are, William. Uh, you previously mentioned that only 53% of Canadians now identify as Christian, meaning that roughly half of the country is not Christian anymore. And, and I think that, you know, we have to acknowledge that the basis of a lot of Canada's values uh, does come from Christianity. Uh, Canada has a robust history of Protestantism and Catholicism in both uh, what was Upper and Lower Canada. If we are to recognize our heritage as Canadians, we ought to recognize that Christianity had a uh, played a great part in uh forming what is now our country. So to not acknowledge Christianity, but to acknowledge um, um, Islam, to acknowledge uh, Hinduism, and uh, to acknowledge Sikhism, to acknowledge Judaism with their own uh, heritage months, uh, it, it's it's fine to acknowledge those religions with their own heritage months. Um, I, I actually encourage it because uh, Canada is a diverse country with you know those uh, different uh, religions, they ought to be represented. But uh, for Christianity to be singled out as a religion that ought not to be represented uh, by the Canadian government and their heritage month, uh, the idea for their heritage month to be shot down, uh, I, I think it's I think it's a bit troubling. You know, it was certainly, I think, outrageous to a lot of Canadians when that Canadian Human Rights Commission tried to say that statutory holidays for things like Christmas were quote-unquote discriminatory. And I think that it leads back to that whole question about um, whether or not 
Christians should feel ashamed of celebrating holidays they've always celebrated, or that somehow it's wrong to recognize Christian holidays as holidays that are widely supported. If you go to other countries, certainly they have their own set of religious-based national holidays. I don't think any of their courts are calling them discriminatory. So I think maybe what really shocked people was just how out of step human rights commissions have come on some of these issues. And in the culture, Christians are made to feel ashamed for the transgressions of Christians in past centuries uh, who, you know, committed the Crusades and who are responsible for colonialism, whereas other people of other religions aren't made to, you know, feel ashamed of their religion to that extent. So I think it is worthwhile to have a Christian Heritage Month so that we acknowledge that, yeah, Christianity isn't necessarily the reason why uh, certain evils were perpetrated in the world. The, the reason why uh, certain evils were perpetrated in the world is because humans are inherently flawed, and that's just the history of humanity. So if another motion were to come before the House of Commons uh, to establish a Christian Heritage Month, I hope uh, those NDPers don't uh, shut it down. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith and Environment Minister Rebecca Schultz issued a joint statement calling for the Prime Minister to immediately replace Environment Minister Stephen Guibault. The joint statement was issued by Smith and Schultz after attending COP28 in response to the federal government's approach to climate change policy at the conference. The Alberta leaders expressed optimism about the success of Alberta and Saskatchewan, along with other nations and subnational governments, for pushing back against the voices of those obsessed with accelerating the phase-out of sustainable and affordable energy derived from oil and natural gas at the UN summit. The statement reads, quote, We were gravely disappointed to see Federal Minister of Environment and Climate Change Stephen Guibault and other radical activists continue to push an approach that would co-sign the world to energy poverty and economic stagnation by focusing only on ending all fossil fuel use. It was a national embarrassment to witness Minister Guibault and an international conference actively sabotaging the interests of Albertans and other Canadians by releasing a series of incoherent and illegal policy pronouncements that he and his government have absolutely no legal authority to impose upon the provinces of Canada, unquote. While Guibault ultimately failed to implement language in the final COP28 agreement discussing the elimination of oil and gas production, Smith and Schultz said that Albertans will not forget his continued treachery against Alberta and millions of other Canadians. So, William, it seems as if every action that the Trudeau government takes, whether domestic or on the international stage, seems to sour relations with their provincial partners, uh, more specifically in Alberta. Do you believe that relations with the uh, Alberta government and people are now at an all-time low for the Trudeau government? Yeah, it's hard to imagine federal-provincial relations between the federal government and Alberta getting much worse. I would say the last time they were this bad was when Trudeau's father was Prime Minister, Trudeau Sr., and he implemented the National Energy Policy, which nearly bankrupted Alberta. So you can, you can understand why Alberta is a little sensitive to an idea that a Trudeau-led federal government is meddling in their most important industry. But Stephen Gilbo himself has a history of pretty uh, bad judgment when it comes to protesting and raising uh, awareness. He, he was arrested once for an eco-radical stunt, and I think his 
ideological approach to advancing Canada's interests is putting not only his government in a tough spot and uh, unpopular position in Alberta and other other provinces, but nobody at the on the international stage takes Canada seriously anymore. You can see that from how our ability to influence communiques and the agendas of international bodies is just being completely ignored. So uh, for Stephen Gilbo, I think, you know, he was a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, to use the quote. And I hope that Alberta and other provinces continue to to strongly push back against the overreach of the federal government into areas of provincial jurisdiction. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Statistics Canada confirmed that its annual mortality data sets do not include medically assisted deaths due to the lack of an official classification by the World Health Organization. This exclusion occurs despite Health Canada's report indicating significant MAID-related deaths last year. Health Canada's fourth annual report on MAID highlighted 13,241 MAID deaths in 2022, positioning it as the sixth leading cause of death in the country. MAID accounted for 4.1% of all deaths in Canada in 2022. However, this figure remains conspicuously absent from Statistics Canada's annual mortality data. The agency's recent report showed a 7.3% increase in overall deaths across Canada in 2022, alongside a decrease in life expectancy for the third consecutive year. Statistics Canada told the Epic Times that causes of death are coded using the World Health Organization's International Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, also known as the ICD. There is no MAID code in the ICD. In other words, someone suffering from cancer who dies by MAID would be classified as a cancer death. The situation is further complicated as some provinces do not include MAID on medical certificates of death, which are vital for reporting to provincial and federal vital statistics registries. There were 334,081 total reported deaths in Canada for 2022. The leading causes of death as per Statistics Canada report were cancer, 24.7%, heart disease, 17.2%, COVID-19, 5.9%, accidents and unintentional injuries, 5.5%, cerebrovascular diseases, 4.2%, and chronic lower respiratory diseases, 3.7%. So no, there's been so much controversy about MAID in Canada, particularly with their move to expand MAID to people suffering from mental health issues. And a lot of our reporting on this indicates that this could include people suffering from depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. So with the government's latest proposed expansion to MAID, Shouldn't there be a separate category for assisted suicide, particularly uh, if we go ahead and see this expansion and even as we begin to include minors possibly in MAID programs as the government has proposed? 
There absolutely should. The importance of collecting accurate data, well, it's very important. And for main deaths just to be count, counted as, uh, say, a cancer-related death or a heart disease uh, or from a respiratory disease when, in fact, it was made, it, it, it is a misrepresentation uh, of the facts. And it is important to know what uh, conditions that certain people are dying from so that we are able to ac accurately address those conditions. And so also uh, we as Canadians can do a mor moral review of the MAID program uh, to see accurately how many people are dying from this and so that the, also the international community can see what is going on in Canada. Uh, you know, many people, many journalists, many academics internationally in the United Kingdom and the United States as seeing Canada as sort of a basket case uh, in our medical assistance and dying program, seeing it as barbaric. Uh, how could a civilized country like Canada allow uh, the mentally ill to go and kill themselves with state support? So it is important to have that sort of accurate data, so we are to uh, so we can do an accurate uh, moral review of the uh, of the MAID program, and so that we can make some tweaks or, or a complete overhaul, uh, which seems seems like it is necessary, a complete overhaul uh, to the MAID program uh, based on the facts. Yeah, you do have to wonder if the reason they don't want. Canadians to know how many people are dying by MAID is a deliberate strategy on the part of the government and even maybe the World Health Organization that they think if those numbers become too widely known, they're going to see a backlash on the part of people who have some real concerns about MAID. Uh, when MAID was first introduced, it was only meant for people suffering terminal illnesses. It was meant to be used rarely in extreme cases of unbearable suffering. And now, as we've seen ever since then, it's encompassed a larger and larger group of people, people who no longer have an imminent death, people who are simply suffering from uh, pain or other uh, unendurable medical conditions. And then now it's going to expand to include people with mental health challenges. So it doesn't surprise me that the government is trying to keep this information from reaching everyday Canadians, because I think they think Canadians are going to push back and they're going to be appalled at the idea of some of how this MAID program is being administered in our country. Well, that's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, the Candace Malcolm Show is up later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend.